Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Saturday, September the 16th. And welcome to our commentary. Well, uh, today we're going to talk about the Paxton trial. It just ended about a couple of hours ago. You know, I actually did listen to the entire thing on the radio most of the time because I was out uh, doing some things on the radio. And I think it became very clear after a while that he was going to be acquitted. And he was acquitted of all of, I think there's there were 16. They took 12 or 14 votes. He was acquitted on all of them. And then there were a few that they just outright uh, dismissed. And they were, I think, the same ones they wanted to dismiss before, although I'm not exactly sure exactly all the numbers. But I actually went... Uh, you know, as I said, I was listening to it almost as if I was listening to a baseball game. And the two men who were doing the the radio, uh, uh, the radio, uh, the radio broadcast were a couple of veterans uh, reporters from Austin. Very good, actually, in their analysis. And they were basically as as the votes were being announced, they would basically count down and uh, they would tell you, well, this one is going down. That one is going down. And the most uh, common vote today was 14 in favor of conviction, 16 in favor of acquittal. That came up, that number kept coming up, 14, 16, 14, 16. Remember, there, were, there are 19 Republicans and 12 Democrats in the Texas Senate. So it would have taken 21 votes or 20 or 21. I'm not exactly sure because I... If uh, Senator Paxton, uh, the attorney general's wife, if she wasn't voting, then I thought it was 20, but I could be wrong about that. But anyway, they, you know, the, these two men who were doing the, the radio broadcast kept telling you, well, this one went down as soon as I think as soon as they got to nine uh, no's, they would say this one's going down. And they all went down uh, again, 12, 14, 16 was the was the the number that uh, I think all of them, there was one that was like 22-8 uh, in favor of acquittal. And I don't remember which one that was, but the major one where I thought he would have troubles, that's the one with uh, the whistleblowers. That one went down 14-16 as well. So I was a little, a little surprised about that. There were two Republican senators, one of them from the Metroplex, Jim Leach from, I think, Plano, uh, in the Plano area, Plano Colony area, very Republican area of Texas, that 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 he was the only one who kept voting. I don't remember the other one's name, but Leach kept voting with the Democrats pretty much across the board. And at the end, as I said, it ended up being 14-16 on most of the votes. And the most important thing at the end is that he was acquitted of every single one of the of the charges. As someone was explaining on the radio, these were not articles in the same sense that the federal government does articles of impeachment. These were, there were so many of them. And I think that may have been the other problem, that there were so many of them that it sort of became uh, a little bit silly to, to keep track of them. But why did it happen the way it happened? I think it basically came down to this. As I said, there were 12 Democrats and 19 Republicans in the state Senate. Most of these uh, Senate districts are pretty ideological, meaning they're pretty red or they're pretty blue. There's not a lot of gray area or purple, as they like to call it, 
in Texas. You're either red or you're blue. So once all Democrats pretty much committed themselves to voting against the the attorney general, then that meant that all you needed to convict the attorney general was eight or nine Republicans. So nine out of the 19 Republicans were going to join 12 Democrats to convict the attorney general. That was not going to happen. You were not going to have in a state like Texas, where you have a huge Republican majority, you are not going to have an attorney general or a Republican attorney general convicted by Democrats with a little help from Republicans. That was never going to happen. And I think that's what eventually showed up during the vote uh, that they had. The, these 12 Democrats who kept voting against Paxton could only counter one or two Republicans to, uh, to vote with them. And I think that's what brought down the whole thing. I mean, independent of the charges, as I've said before, some of the charges are serious, particularly the ones with the whistleblowers and some of the others uh, with respect to bribery. Those are serious charges. And he may have trouble down the road with them. But at least politically, politically, uh, the situation came down, as I said. You had 12 Democrats and it would have taken nine Republicans to get you to 21 or eight Republicans to get you to 20, whether there was 20 or 21. At the moment, I'm a little confused with that, but that's the number. And you you were not going to be, you didn't want to go down in the history of the GOP or in Texas history as number eight or number nine, who brought down a, a Republican attorney general who was reelected by huge numbers the last time. So I think it came down uh, politically, as I expected, I predicted that they wouldn't get to 19 or 20, whatever the number was, or 20 or 21, whatever the number was. Uh, I said that maybe they would come close on one or two, but they were not close on any of them, which is, again, I think uh, rather interesting. But once you had those 12 Democrats line up against Paxton, I think that was, uh, in a sense, the guarantee that Paxton uh, would be acquitted. Now, after the vote, uh, the Lieutenant Governor, uh, Lieutenant Governor Patrick, spoke very harshly about the House, saying that the House had not followed procedures, that they rushed uh, the impeachment. There were other Republican senators who came out after basically saying the same thing. Uh, honestly, I don't know. If, I, I don't know enough about the process to tell you whether the, the Lieutenant Governor was correct or not. Uh, I, I just don't know enough about the, the the practice or the procedures. He was saying that there were some corners that were cut to get to the to the impeachment vote in the House. I do think that the impeachment vote in the House was very quick. That I will tell you. And it was also a surprise because I was not expecting uh, a vote, uh, an impeachment vote in the House. I mean, I, that just came out of nowhere. So I think, you know, maybe the lieutenant governor has a point here. But either way. Either way, uh, the attorney general was acquitted. He should be back on the job at any moment. And let's hope that this is the end of this very divisive political uh, situation here between Republicans, really, in, in the state of Texas. Those you know, two Republicans who voted with the Democrats and those X number of Republicans who voted in the House, I think they can look forward to primaries. and uh, Or maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe everybody will forget about this. A lot depends on the attorney general. If the attorney general comes out and says, okay, look, it's over. Let's move on. I got things to do. We have 
you know, there's a lawsuit right now that Texas has against the federal government on these barriers on, on the river. Uh, the attorney general could simply say, let's put this behind us and let's move on. And if he does that, that's probably good for the party uh, in Texas. If they start, you know, gunning down the ones who voted against them, that may be satisfactory for the attorney general, but it could end up dividing the party at a time when we don't need a division because 2024 is a big election. And uh, let's worry about that election as it comes up. But again, the bottom line is the attorney general was acquitted and that was pretty, pretty historic. I mean, I had never seen anything like that before. I mean, I've lived in Texas almost 40 years and I've never seen anything like this. And I thought overall the demeanor, the decorum of the senators was, was good. So Paxton acquitted of everything uh, on this uh, on this incredible session or Saturday session of the Texas uh, Senate. Now, we're going to get into more of the Paxton trial, more of the details with my friend George Rodriguez on Sunday night. We're going to do a special uh, video cast and talk a lot about the details and what happens now. So catch uh, our next video. We're going to get into into a lot of that. I have a post, uh, I should say, I had a post uh, Saturday morning over at the American Thinker talking about those barriers on the river. The appeals judge has allowed the barriers to stay while the whole thing is under appeal. So what that means, I think that's a little victory for the governor, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the governor is going to get what he wants. But if you can get this to the court and argue that Texas needs to do this to protect itself. Now, it isn't just the people who are coming over. It's the cost of, of the situation. You know, they come over, you, ha you have to house them, you have to get them jobs. I mean, this is a very costly matter for any state having to deal with it. Just ask uh, the city of New York about what it costs to have that many people. And they just have a fraction of the people that we have here in Texas. So the governor may win this thing. I wouldn't be surprised if he does. But I think the, the, the court will say that the border is a federal matter. But at the same time, they may come down very hard, and I hope they do, on the federal government for failing or just pure negligence uh, on, on the border. Let me, uh, again, tell you that that's a post that I have over at The American Thinker on Saturday morning. You can check it out at The American Thinker, or you can see it on my blog. I always repost everything at Twitter or everything at uh, my post uh, that I or at my blog that I post over at the American Thinker. I'm going to leave you today with a little uh, happy birthday here. Now, not today, but on Sunday the 17th, the U.S. Constitution will celebrate another birthday. It was 1787, September 17, 1787, that uh, the delegates in Philadelphia finally, you know, wrote the Constitution and had enough uh, support. To make it to make it real, and I think there were a couple of states that that were still outstanding, but they had nine out of the thirteen to make it uh, to make it the Constitution, and that started the Constitutional Republic of the United States. So it started on the seventeenth of September, seventeen eighty-seven. So we say happy birthday a little in advance, but we say happy birthday to the United States of America, the Constitution of the United States of America that was put in play on September 17th, 1787. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye, everybody.